after what feels like an eternity. Finally ready to play the last 2.8 seconds. Bolden's going to scream for Barrett. You watch. Bolden scream for Barrett. There it is. There's a screen. There's Barrett for the ball. It's oh, in. Wide, wide open. open there it is. This is Five Born Play, Die Hard Duke basketball fans podcast. Cam Reddish is officially back. Let me bring in Nostradamus himself, AC. <laughs> when that shot went down, how did how good did that feel? I, I felt I felt so happy for that kid, man. It was it was it was amazing. It was it was one of those things where you, you just you know for him you knew it was cathartic. And just as a fan watching and, and whether whether we were right or wrong about what game it was going to happen on or anything like that, it was just the team needs it and the team needed needed to see it for him. They tried for weeks. You saw him doing it. They, they would they would force the ball down his throat to get him to take some shots and try to hit some shots. Every time he hit a layup, everybody was they were they were jumping for joy as if he hit the last second shot already. You know what I mean? Like they're doing any and everything to, to keep him positive. And for him to have the, not only the shot, but also the game that he had in that environment, that was, that was, oh my God, man, it was amazing. It was, it was it one was of those un- moments. It was, it was unbelievable. And it couldn't have been drawn up any better. And before we get to that, let's take a little trip down memory lane to hear you calling your <laughs> shot. <laughs> a couple yes, 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 yes. But I put it down on Florida State that, that that's going to be his game, I think those meaningful games in the ACC especially are going to bring out – it's going to bring out what we want out of Cam or it's going to make him sink back into his shell even more. One of those two things is going to happen. The reason, this, the reason I chose that FSU game, you see this all the time in college. You see, you see guys, highly competitive guys like this, go through some struggles early on in their freshman season. But moments, like they, they, they step up in moments. And Cam against Kentucky, that was a moment. That was a, a big moment game, and he stepped up really nicely in that game. So this was another one of those opportunities I, I felt that if he was going to turn his season around, what better way to do it than the first real real road test Duke would face, the first team that you knew was going to to really just key in on Zion and RJ to the point where they were going to, you know, they may even double and triple team those guys if they had to, to prove someone else has to hit a shot. It was like, you know, it, it had the writing on the wall and, and just basketball script for Cam to have that type of game. And, and he did, man. He, he lived up to it. And that's a good sign because a guy who can step up in an environment like that, you know he'll, he'll be able to, to translate that throughout the rest of the season. He might have some games here or there where he puts up some bad, bad numbers occasionally or bad field goal percentage or whatever else you might think. But, I mean, I think moving on, moving on the rest of the season, we see a lot of great games out of Cam. Yeah, and, you know, obviously we'll get to the Syracuse game where he was out sick. We could have obviously used him in that game. Against Florida State, he was 9 of 15 from the field, 5 mm-hmm. of 8 from 3. Do you think we could have used a couple of those uh, <laughs> against Syracuse? But, Man. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, though. Like, Cam, you know, had his struggles, and he had a very emotional post on social media uh, after the Florida State game, mm-hmm. just thanking for all the fans that stuck by him. And I, you know, couldn't help but, you know, think that this kid has you know, great heart and a solid head on his shoulders to be able to 
really understand that it's a, it's a long journey and to stay patient and realize yep. that your time is going to come as long as you continue to believe in yourself. And Coach K, this is why he's such a genius when it comes to working with his with his players and making sure that they have the utmost confidence and belief in themselves and in their teammates. He draws up that play knowing full well that the defense would immediately key in on RJ, especially with Zion being out. Absolutely. Jack Wait does a wonderful thing, you know, setting a great pick. Please sent two perfect picks. Mm-hmm. And what happens, hands wide open, and it's a dagger city. You know, there were so many things that happened in that play. How about it it was it was it was one of the like more slightly brilliant things I've seen in a long time. How about Trey step, stepping out of bounds to go throw the ball in and then makes it a point to hand the ball back to it was like a production. He handed the ball back to the ref, stepped out onto the court to talk to Queese directly about, hey, set the pick here, made it a point to point where he needed to set the pick and then went back out of bounds. Like Florida State fell for it, you know, hook, line and sinker. Yep. Yeah, it was great. And my favorite part of the whole entire thing, and I've watched that shot now probably 50 times, maybe 100. <laughs> uh, but like, it's always like looking for something different that you didn't see before the last time right. you watched it. Uh, and I think my favorite is still, you know, Coach K looking at Pam in the huddle saying, are you ready? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny. During and, game time, I didn't see him say, are you ready? I saw, I saw Joey tap Cam on the back of the head, and I was like, huh. I was like, interesting, because because you know, to me, I see you know, I see Joey tapping Cam on the head like that. I'm like, okay, maybe Cam's getting the shot. But then the way they yeah. set up, I was like, mm, maybe he's he was the farthest one away from the ball, so that usually means somebody's cutting towards basket side or ball side. So I was like, eh, maybe he is getting the shot. Like, I, mean, I was, but I was thinking layup. I was thinking layup the whole time. I wasn't thinking that they were gonna go for go three. Yeah, you no, know, he it was, it was it was a perfect draw. Did you believe? And I actually kind of thought the same thing that they might try to. Uh, throw a lob in there, maybe to to, to quiz. I the only thing I thought the whole time is he's probably not going to get to RJ because one they're not going to want to happen, and two there's going to have to be something better. I didn't see that coming right. for him being that wide open. But either way, the stones for him to be able to to knock that down is by far the highlight uh, of the season, just oh, yeah. for for so many levels. Not only was it uh, an unbelievable buzzer beater that you know will move on and do glory. But it's a moment for Cam to get over that hump, hopefully, and re-establish himself as one of the best players in the country. So hopefully he can do that. Now, let's, let's go on to the next play. Let's talk a little bit more in detail about the actual game. Next play. Let's move away from the, the unbelievable shot. And I want to start with, how do you not call a foul when a guy's <laughs> eyes are being literally got, <laughs> just gutted from his skull? And the uh, referee is not five feet away from him. How do you not? How do you review that? How, how do you not review that? That's that's the one that gets me. It's in in the moment of the in the heat of the game, a guy going down. You know, you see guys go down with ankles, things like that, all the time behind the play. They let the play continue, then they they blow the whistle right after to address the injured player, which is what they did in this situation. But the the inconsistency of it that kills me is all season long. Anytime, anytime someone gets hit in the head, acts like they've been hit in the head, you know, anything in the head, it has, it's, there's a huge emphasis on it in sports in general, from grassroots all the way up, trying to curb concussions and things. And 
for them to not even take a look at the play when you have a guy like Zion who you know does not go down very easily generally anyway, and he's laying on the ground writhing in pain, grabbing his head. How do you not take a second look at that? Like that's that's incredible to me. To me, you also have one of those notorious referees whose literal nickname is TV Teddy. You would think of all. I mean, how many times did they look at the clock at the end of the game? You know, you don't think that at some point during a timeout that you could go over and potentially look at that? To me, that was just, that was as frustrating as it possibly could get. And then obviously Zion doesn't come back. Uh, on the negative side, I, I was not impressed with the play of either Javin Delorean or, or Cleese. I thought both of those guys who were in junior big men, we've talked about them a number of times, they essentially give us 10 fouls and can play 20-20 split in minutes unless one of them is having a great day. Mm-hmm. I thought both of them played pretty weak. What did you see? I couldn't tell if it was a testament to just the length and activity of Florida State or if it was them being out of position. The field goal percentages weren't weren't super high for either team. They, they were below 50% field goal percentage and, and below 33% each at three, so there were plenty of opportunities for rebounds. We only were out rebounded, uh, I think thirty six to twenty seven. That's nine rebounds. I say only. That's nine rebounds. It's a fair amount. We really didn't. We held sway on the defensive rebound side. We couldn't get in the offensive boards. The positioning was way off, though. It was the, the lobs. Like they they went straight lob city on us, which that's the one that killed me the most. Was they weren't guarding. They weren't guarding guards, and they weren't they weren't guarding multi tool power forwards. They were guarding. Seven foot four and six foot nine and six foot ten guys that they normally would see on on a general basis, and they just could not stop them from from being active towards the rim. I don't know if the moment was too big. I don't know what it was, but and they they just they were not they were not in it, man. And it was that was that was a little bit frustrating, especially yeah. since Zion was the leading the leading rebounder and he went out in the first half. Yeah, it was interesting. I you touched on it. How many times are you going to let, let somebody dunk on top of your head? before you get your ass into them uh, and mm-hmm. box out. And, you know, it was – and I think Kay even mentioned it in his presser after the game that that was – you know, you got to stop letting people dunk on you, man. Well, I have a little pride. Right. Um, I was also disappointed with uh, Alex O'Connell's performance in that Florida State game. I thought he played very weak. But then on the, on the positives, you have Trey Jones just doing what he does, played a phenomenal floor game. As usual. He, as, as usual, and I think he has 66 and one turnover, maybe zero. And like you said, the genius of him going out to talk to Bolden just is an absolute decoy at the end. There's nobody that – I mean, I actually touched on it on uh, one of the, the message boards that that's a very underrated thing that nobody even brought up is Trey Jones' pass with a seven-foot-four guy right in front of him. Yeah. You know, that is not an easy – easy passing lane for no, anybody, let alone a 6-2 yard. Especially considering Hamilton puts that guy on Trey to to discourage the lob. Because I, that's the play I thought that was going to get drawn up was the old, you know, the old Gerald Henderson lob through the middle of the lane. That was That's always kind of a, a staple out-of-bounds play uh, under under the basket out-of-bounds play for, for Kay. And man, it, it totally went totally, totally different direction on it, which was great. Yeah, it was the perfect direction. It was the right direction. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't. I don't. I didn't see it as a gamble, a crazy weird play, or anything like that. It was, it, it was K knowing who his personnel were and what they can do, and 
and laying the chips on the line. And I know he had to have given Cam, you know, the the pep talk of his life prior to that to just let him know, you know what, if you miss this shot, it's it's a game. Don't worry about it. You had a great game because that's a kid who was so down to draw that play up for him like that. It's you know, it, it's it is gutsy to to you're, you're putting a lot on, on the line for that kid's psyche to, to draw that play up for him. But you know, he, they, that had to have been a, you know a predetermined thing. Like you know, just be ready for it. You're good. Take your shot. So yeah, just yeah. it's a uh, great play, man. It was great, just great in general, man. What a good game. <laughs> it was it was a great game. Uh, it was back and forth the whole way. I loved how RJ and Cam stepped up. RJ had an unbelievable game. Can we talk about the, RJ for a little? Yeah. <laughs> oh mean, my god, that? man. So he had he had thirty two. Uh, he was efficient. Uh, he was 8 of 9 from the line. The genius of him missing that last one, knowing that we could get the uh, the, the rebound. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, though, it uh, he played an unbelievable game, and I think he took it personally when his brother went out in the yeah. first half and he knew he wasn't coming back. He took it personally, and, and he showed why, in my opinion, he's still the best player in the country. Yeah. Um, even with as efficient as Zion is, RJ can just do so many different things that when he's cooking, there's nobody better in the country. Yeah, when he's when he's on, there's nothing that you can do. He's he's hitting shots, he's getting to the basket at will, he's passing, uh, it's he's rebounding, everything he defends when he's really on when he's really on, he really defends. Like the the kid is a really good defender when when he's locked in on it and not in foul trouble, and that's yeah, that that's great to see. Cause I know he gets kind of knocked a little bit for not being a good defensive player. Uh, he is. He's fine on the defensive end, and he and he showed that game in, in spurts because that's one of those games where guys are just hitting shots, hitting crazy shots. So the best thing you can do is force him into tough baskets, and he was doing that a lot. That there's a stretch in that second half from about the 14 minute mark all the way through until about the eight or nine minute mark where he just went on an RJ versus Florida State tear, and it was just it was incredible. Every everything that they did, he matched between getting to the free throw line. I think they had a big they had a big dunk off the baseline and he immediately followed that up right off the inbounds pass straight down the floor and one-handed left-hand slam on basically on two Seminoles, man. It was like and it, when he made that play you knew. It was like it's okay, it's on. It's totally on. Like he was hitting shots prior to that, but then he was like, okay, it, this is RJ's show and he's doing it. And then the 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 mid-range jumper following that up. I mean, he was just he was in a zone, man. He just could not be stopped. And it was, we needed yeah. every single second of it, every every point. And, you know, everything obviously culminates at the end with uh, the play being drawn off for Cam Reddish. It was unbelievable. After that game, Duke fans were on top of the world, uh, talking about going 16-2, 17-1 in the <laughs> ACC. Uh, everything's that going great. And, yeah, <laughs> and then, uh, as Kay famously says, you have to go on to the next play. Play. And that's where we'll head with uh, the Syracuse game. Um, I, I, we got to start Ugh. right from the top. You know, we're we're up was it twelve nothing uh, right out of the gates. Uh-huh. Trey Trey Jones has four steals, uh, and then just under the fifteen minute mark, he goes down like a sack of bricks. Um, you know, it's not a dirty play. Two guys going for the ball. And right. and he's down for a long time. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be at the game in the building. Yeah, I've there, never heard, I've, I've never heard Cameron that that quickly that silent, especially after such yeah. a great start to the game. What did you see? Well, 
I mean, first and foremost, don't go back to any more games. You know, you're not allowed to go back to any more games. Does that take us out of uh, Minneapolis? <laughs> Except for that one, yeah. We can go. We can go there. We can okay. go there. But no, um, no, man, that was that was difficult. It's and it's it's almost hard to even. It's it's a, this is such a hard game to look at and say, well, we could have done this better. We did this wrong. We did this wrong. I mean, to to lose your leader, it's it's you can't even compare it to losing the quarterback in a football game only because the backup quarterback gets at least a few reps in practice. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I'm sure Jordan Goldwire gets to play with the first team occasionally just on a whim, but this is Trey's team. He's, he's practicing with the first team. He's, he's with those guys and he's, he's the kickstarter. He gets everything started for the squad and to lose him, we, we can, we can lose Zion because we've lost him before either do the injury or foul trouble. We could lose RJ. He's been in foul trouble off the floor before. We could lose Cam. He's been in foul trouble off the floor before. But losing Trey in the middle of a game, that's hard to overcome. And it's hard. It's really yeah. hard after that to yeah. keep this team for that, especially because Cam wasn't playing. So, you know, you get the news before the game, Cam's not playing. So, okay, there's already one guy down, but we're like, okay, it's Cam. You know what? We, we still have our other horses. We can, we can deal with it. And then Trey goes down. It's so funny to say that Trey goes down and then it's going to be hard to deal with when you have – the three top three players in the class on your team, it's hard to say, oh, well, you know, we should just be fine. But it's it's hard to deal with that, man. It's hard to deal with your floor general being out. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And it doesn't help when you're shooting 9-43 from three. Right. Uh, you know, I, I when we came back last night, uh, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, obviously, everybody everybody's heart was with, with Trey. And you know, that was the bigger loss. It wasn't losing the game. You know, you, you lose games in the ACC. Uh, mm-hmm. But to me, in the actual game itself, while Trey going down obviously was completely deflating, we did have opportunities to break that one open. We had yes. multiple seven-point um, spreads there in the second half where we could have put things away. Mm-hmm. And give credit to Syracuse. They hit some ridiculous shots. You mean, mean a, you, know, you mean a seventy-five foot buzzer beater at the half? Yeah, uh, uh, obviously you get the seventy-five footer. That it's a four-point game now. It's a one-point game. For I mean, by the way, I was up in the up in the corner uh, behind the Duke bench, uh, mm-hmm. and I had a perfect look at this ball, and I'm like, that looks good from the second he <laughs> left his hands. Crazy, the only man. thing that could have helped us out was you know potentially hitting the scoreboard. Right. So um, that was ridiculous. But then, you know, there were a couple other in the first half where Tyus Battle oh, yeah. you know, has to chuck one up from the corner right in front of Duke's bench at the end uh, of the shot clock, and he nails it with a hand in his face. You know, there were like, just things that, you know, it, 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 it just kept showing uh, that this isn't, this isn't our night. Yeah, and he's been, he's been horrible all season, man. It's like, this is just, it's, it's the the joy and the curse of being a, a fan of a team, a top team, because you know, UNC runs into it, Kentucky runs into it, Kansas runs into it, UCLA, UCLA used to run into it. But you you get someone's best shot every time you go out and play, and it, it's become a cliche for sure uh, with Duke especially. But it, it, you get the best shot, and and Tyus Battle he's been horrendous this season, and he would say that he would say that he has not been good all season on offense. He was amazing. It's like. And, and you can see it coming almost because, you know, with the re- Duke recruiting him and some of the other things, he's always had great games against K. And it's just, uh, uh, I hate it, man. Yeah, Especially and, in a game probably, like that. And he'll probably be the uh, the player of the week in the ACC because of that mm-hmm. performance in Cameron. 
yeah. And oh, yeah. over on the other side, yeah, it was Ion going for 35 and 10. Oh, my God, Talk yeah. I want to get a little bit more into the weeds here with, with this. When I started figuring in the, in the middle of the second half there, was there a reason that we stopped going inside to him? I didn't know if it was he wasn't getting himself open or if Bolden, when he was in, and I thought Bolden played a great game, but when he, when Bolden was in, sometimes he would kind of fade a little bit too high in the, in the paint mm-hmm. to where Zion couldn't get himself open because it was congested. Right. Did you see anything there, or did you just think, you know, we got we got gun happy and just started chucking? I I think I think it was a combo of K. He really. He really enforces to you can see it with this team, especially and, and all of his teams in the past. He enforces shoot the ball when you have it. So when you it, the shots they were getting weren't necessarily contested off the dribble fadeaway threes or anything crazy. They were getting they were getting shots against the zone, which a zone is kind of designed to let you do that. And it lets a team that's not a good or efficient shooting team shoot, which that's the case for Duke this year. It, with with Zion not getting the ball in the middle for those long stretches, I'm not sure if it was if it was fatigue, if it was just they they just weren't sure of themselves against that zone in those moments. So you know the, those stretches where Zion wasn't touching it, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if that was planned or if that was just we we got weak and and because because it, it was there, the opportunities were there, and they just they weren't taking them. You, there were times that I saw him get to the flash to the middle, and like the coach of me is is screaming at the TV. I'm like. Middle, you got the middle. It's right there. Take it, take it. You know, make, with a bounce pass, easy bounce pass, right to the middle of Zion. And I don't, I don't know, man. He he probably should have had fifty. I was saying he had. Uh, I want to see he had twenty six with about fifteen minutes to go. Yeah. In the in the second half, and I'm like, oh, he'll easily score forty here. Yeah. It was. I mean, he still had thirty five, but that was was in overtime. He had a great game. Uh, RJ put up a lot of stats, but also shot eight for thirty. Yeah. Uh, four seventeen from three. It was just a poor shooting night, and mm-hmm. the, the fear with this team is you have a game, and, and obviously a lot of that probably has to do with Cam not playing. Uh, Cam's coming off a 5-for-8 from 3 game against Florida State, and then coming into a game at home against his own team, you figure that he would get a lot of those looks that potentially RJ probably took, and then a couple of the ones from Jack. I'm sure that Cam's going to hit at least one of them, and then we'll probably win the game. You know, right. we hit one more free throw, we we probably win the game. Yeah. You know, it's just like so many things that you could point to that, and we probably would have won the game if he, if he doesn't hit a 75-foot uh, heave uh, right. at the buzzer in the first half. But but that, that kind of stuff happens. You can't go 9 for 43 from 3 and give yourself a great chance to win. Having said that, there were a lot of positives to take away from that. Alex O'Connell, you mentioned, came out and had a really, really strong game. I loved his hustle in the second half, uh, especially on defense, getting those deflections, uh, saving the ball out of bounds. That little stretch he went through was – I loved every second of that, man, where he just kept – he kept deflecting out of bounds. You you know, he was so close to getting a steal and a fast break or something to just kind of totally, totally take the momentum over. And But then it just – it kept turning into – another tip out of bounds. He was frustrating Frank Howard to no end, man, to where – I mean, at one point Howard pushed him. The refs had to kind of they didn't separate him or anything. It wasn't like one of those things where they're going to fight or anything. He just had to, you know, just calm down a little bit because he was getting frustrated. It, it was such a great stretch for Alex. And then, you know, then it was kind of back down to earth where he had to guard 35 feet from the basket. And that's just not his forte. Yeah, it's certainly not. But I thought I was 
as bad as he played against Florida State, and, and that's the number one reason he was limited to six minutes, uh, was how, as he played so much, uh, with so much more poise and toughness in that game. It's almost as if he knew this was his opportunity with, with Trey out, uh, with Cam out. There, we have nowhere else to go. You know, yeah. so like Alex has to step up, and he did. And I hope that with him and Cam, this is the we, look. We, we've said it from day one. We have our eight-man rotation, and right. we'll get to the Trey injury in a second. But Alex is part of that eight-man rotation. Mm-hmm. Alex hasn't played to that point worthy of getting any regular right. minutes. He hasn't earned them. But the performance against Syracuse, uh, and I'm going to say the same thing with Bolden. Both of those guys played tough. And right. they played very, very well. Um, and they, you know, did a great job of keeping us in position to, to have a chance to win um, with, you know, two of your best players out and, mm-hmm. and your heart and soul out. Now, did you see, did you, you were there, did you see Alex, not, he, did, he didn't get reamed out, but did you see him get talked to on the bench? It was around the first half. It was, I want to say maybe the first or second time he was subbed into the game. He, he drove into the lane from the wing. He did this a couple times during Florida State and threw it away, and you and I actually texted about it. He drove into the lane, once again had, had an easy opportunity at a, at a running, like a little runner right in the lane uh, off the wing, and instead of taking the easy shot, he ended up dumping it down to Queese. Queese was under the basket, horrible place for him to have to catch that ball, and, and ended up getting blocked, and, and Syracuse goes the other way with the ball. Did you see him? He got taken out right after that. But did you see him get talked to on that one? Yeah, so there were two people that got talked to very harshly uh, by Kay, and I, I believe they were both in the first half. The other mm-hmm. one was Jack White. Um, yeah. So Jack White got immediately taken off for just these are plays that, as, and, and you can't, it's, it's funny because, you know, Alex is only a sophomore, right? But right. It, it's one of those things where, you know, <laughs> he's expected to be uh, higher basketball IQ, more experienced, and yeah. not make plays that you just want to bang your head against the wall mm-hmm. um and, and yeah, Jack he did it again game. and then came back after he came back after that he he was aggressive so that's that was that was to see him respond that was that's that was what i was getting at i was i was hoping that that's you know yeah you, you saw that and could speak on that because yeah that was that was great to see yeah it was huge and i was very disappointed with uh with the warriors play again this yeah. is a couple a couple bad games in a row for he and jack mm-hmm. um you know, Jack is shooting very poorly. Uh, you know, I think we talked about it um, offline that during the Florida State game, we thought he might have been sick. You know, he, he didn't have the same energy. Uh, I thought last night he had energy. But you can see with Jack that when he misses a couple of shots, he starts getting hesitant. Right. And you can, you can just see the, the, the glitch in his, in his shot. Yeah. You know, it's not that smooth release that, you know, when he's in those corners, uh, that's like his spot, you know, those corners right. uh, to, to let him fly. And a couple look good, but after you miss a couple, you start getting mental. And he had a couple other opportunities that he probably should have let fly and didn't because, you know, he had gone over for the night. So we mm-hmm. need Jack White to step up too. I mean, I don't think yep. this, you can't shoot any worse than 943, right. um, especially if you're getting, you know, Pam back. But, you know, there, there are things that this team needs to, to really improve on um, as, as we get into a really tough UBA game. So, you know, kind of lasting impressions uh, of that game for you. The zone thing doesn't really scare me. It's, it's really the defense. That's, that's my biggest takeaway out of this thing, because even though 
even though Trey went down, he's our guy. He's our guy on defense. We that's no excuse to not play defense. You know what I mean? So we can maybe we don't get as many turnovers as we usually get when he's in the game, but we we can still shut down the field goal, the the two point field goal percentage. We're ninth in the country in that. Uh, first in the ACC, I believe. We can still rebound. We were we were getting beat up on the rebounds there for a little bit and and key stretches. We can we can still we can still guard the ball, guard the paint, which we weren't doing very well. And and yes, we did force them into some tough shots, but sometimes that's not enough. Don't don't give them the opportunity to get into that tough shot. You know what I mean? Make make them pass. You you know who you know who's scoring for that team. You know it's Tyus Battle. You know it's Frank Howard. Get the ball out of their hands. What can we do to do that? So moving forward, that's that's going to be a key factor because you know Florida State they scored a lot of points against this team too. This team's not used to giving up a bunch of points. So the ACC is a scoring league. We're going to see it more and more. That, that's something I want to see tighten up with this team is is just getting back to that good field goal percentage defense that we had going up until this point. And it's not like we were doing it against total cupcakes. We had one of the highest strengths of schedule in the in the league or in in the in the NCAA, the NCAA playing four top fifteen teams. So and and still, you know, we got to be able to top to those top teams. We still have to be able to come up with key stops. So that's that's what I want to see more often with, with this squad. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see us be able to clean up the uh, our defensive glass uh, a little bit better. I, th- I think that seems to be a little bit of a weakness for us. Um, you know, not getting uh, uh, asses in the bodies and just wanting it a little bit more. I can understand if there's a lot of threes being shot that, you know, you're going to get long rebounds. But I'd like to see us be a little bit tougher on our own defensive glass um, throughout the uh, the remainder of the season. Uh, but as we kind of touched on a little bit, as high as Duke Nation was after the Cam shot in the Florida State unbelievable win, uh, it was almost a complete 180. Now, you lose at home to the lowest scoring team in the ACC uh, in Syracuse, and they drop 95 on you, and your heart and soul go down. And if there's mm-hmm. ever a time to, to, to look to Coach K and talk about uh, where he where he shines, this would be it. So I, I will start off with there is a little bit of good news that I'm hearing uh, about Trey Jones. Uh, supposedly dodged a, a bullet here and collective breaths here could potentially be back a little bit sooner than uh, originally anticipated. So fingers crossed on that. But let's, you know, always go with the mantra of, you know, hope for the best, expect the worst. Let's say right. that Trey can't come back. For an extended period of time, or or maybe at all, what do you see Kay doing, uh, making adjustments for this team going forward? Next play. The first thing you got to do is look at the minutes, the minute distribution. So twenty nine minutes, you got to find a way to distribute those twenty nine minutes. RJ can't get any more minutes, man. He's playing for almost forty minutes a game at certain points now. So you can give him a few more, but it's it's really. Nobody else is being added to this rotation. I don't see Justin Robinson getting any extra time out of this or anything. So really at this point, it is you need defenders on the floor. So Cam and RJ are definitely going to see the floor as long as they're not in foul trouble. Zion obviously is going to see the floor as long as he's not in foul trouble. And then you're kind of back to your normal rotation of your bigs, which is, you know, with, with Queese, Javin, and Jack. But, you know, it, it, there's got to be, you know, one of those of those three, two of those guys have to play at some point. And then Alex, of course, Alex, I think Alex stands the chance to see the biggest uptick. But who's going to be the defender for this team right now? Who's going to be the guy who who takes the mantle of I'm going to shut their 
their ball handlers down. I'm going to make it difficult for them to get into their offensive sets. And I'm going to play this, that smart, you know, that smart game. You know, nobody's going to play the type of anticipation game that, that Trey can play. You can't replace that. But at the very least, can you at least replace disruption up top? Can you at least replace the, the, the heady play here or there off the ball and, and directing your teammates on where to be? That's we're, we're going to need that communication right now, man. Cause that's, that's the key point. I mean, who's going to play, who's going to play point guard on offense. Like this team is not going to have trouble scoring, but you do need someone with the ball in their hands in key moments, making, you know, key smart plays. So who's that going to be right now? In my opinion, I think it's going to be RJ. I, I think he's the one who stands the best chance right now, at least in these first few subsequent games of him, maybe being out to, to be the guy to, to take that over. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I want to touch on something that you brought up. I, I think it absolutely starts on the defensive end. I think that's absolutely correct. Uh, I think it was Jay Williams that brought up a, a great stat that with Trey on the floor, do cause 205 turnovers on the season. Uh, and when Trey's not on the floor, they only cause 59. So I that saw that, a, right? That is unbelievable. That's an unbelievable stat. And I rewatched the game um, today after coming back just to you know, kind of see what they were saying about, um, you know, the, the injury and, and things like that. But I, I, so I saw that. Myself, that's an unbelievable me, stat. Let me, let me, so I have an issue. I do have an issue with that stat. Okay. So I have, I have one issue with that stat. It, it doesn't, it, I don't, it doesn't, I don't want to take away from what Trey does because he absolutely is the guy who sets up, even if he's not directly affecting the turnover, he sets it up for somebody else to get it because he's forcing a bad pass or he's forcing the offense to have to set up from near half court. So he absolutely is is one of the guys who does that for us. But he, he plays 30 minutes a game. He's only out of the game for 10 minutes. So, of, of course, we're not going to get as many turnovers. So the, the ratio there doesn't – to me, the ratio doesn't say we absolutely can't create turnovers without Trey in the game because I think that's what he was trying to get at, and that's the reason I have an issue with the stat. I don't have an issue with the stat that, yes, Trey does create turnovers for this team. What I do have an issue with is that it was implied that Duke cannot create turnovers without Trey in the game. And that's just false. To to still be able to create, you know, that turnovers when he's out of the game, this team can do that. And Cam can create turnovers. Cam was the leader on this team in steals for a little while there. Yeah, you know, we we can get steals from other guys. It's just that what Trey does is he allows he he puts so much pressure on somebody up top from from start to finish of the game. And that's the thing about it. He plays so many minutes and in meaningful games, he's playing almost 40 minutes a game. So of course, of course, we're not getting as many turnovers without him in a game. So that's that's the only reason I want to pump the brakes a little bit on that stat, just to think about it. Not not necessarily to to debunk it, just to think about it like, yes, he's not on the floor as often, or he's not off the floor as often. So of course, that stat is gonna be completely skewed. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, I think you know to your point about you know Trey pushing the ball so far out on the defensive end is probably even a, a better indication of how great of a defender he is uh, than just the turnovers uh, that he creates and the steals. Yeah. And 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 to be fair, you know it was about five minutes that he played yesterday and had four steals, and mm-hmm. the team had five uh, turnovers forced. Yeah. So you know, Duke's done a, a great job, and, and he's been the leader of that, and, and forcing them to initiate their offense 
halfway through the shot clock and 35, 40 feet from the basket. So um, we wish him a speedy recovery. But I will say uh, to your question about who, how, how would I see Tay potentially setting this thing up going forward for as long as Trey might be out? You brought up RJ potentially playing the court. Mm-hmm. I think with Cam back, this is an opportunity for him to put Cam in that kind of point forward role, that Grand Hill role, right. where you know, get the ball in Cam's hands a little bit more, let him get comfortable. I think one of the things that Cam struggled with after the Kentucky game was, you know, he's watching the ball in Zion and RJ's hands so much that mm-hmm. he probably felt the need to maybe force it a little bit whenever he got his touches. And so I think maybe allowing him to, to bring up the ball does two things. It gets the ball in his hands a little bit more. He probably doesn't have to feel the need to put too much pressure on himself to, to make plays um, just via shooting. I think right. the other thing it does is it allows RJ to remain in his natural position. So we saw RJ you know, do a great job yesterday. He almost had a triple-double um, against Syracuse. But I think that it may have been too much going on uh, for to, to put on him because you're asking him to be your, your number one scorer, at least one A, one B with Zion. Right. This is going to allow him to stay in his normal spot and allow Pam to facilitate the game from a different viewpoint. See, I would, I would buy that if he wasn't nine months removed from high school and AAU basketball. He, he knows how he knows what to do with the ball when it's in his hands and whether it's not, you know what I mean? He's, he's one of those unique guys who can do both. And, and that's why, that's why I'm, I wouldn't be afraid to put the ball in his hands. I mean, he had nine assists yesterday on, on, in a game where we were absolutely horrible. Most of them obviously were Zion, but in a game where we were absolutely horrible shooting, he, he put up nine assists, which is great to see. And he was the second leading assist man all season for this team. Yep. He knows how to distribute. And I know he gets a knock a little bit on being, a, you know, a, a little bit, you know, ball happy at times and, and taking shots himself at times. He's, he's I mean, that's just what he gunner. does. He's, he's yeah. a gunner, actually. He is. That, that's what he does. And he's still, but he's, he is unique in the ability of he's still able to, to move the ball to other guys. Gil, look, uh, another famous gunner, Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas in, in, you know, 40 minutes of an NBA game would only average about three assists a game. You know, he's, he is a, that is, he just shoots. Allen Iverson just shoots. But RJ at least does see his teammates, which is, you know, that that's good. So I, I wouldn't be afraid to put his hands. I do like what you said about Cam, because we've talked about it before. Getting the ball in Cam's hands is important. And I think we'll see that. I, I don't think RJ will be exclusively the point guard. I, I don't think from, you know, from the tip to, to whistle, it's only going to be RJ bringing the ball up the floor. Absolutely not. I think you're right. I think Cam will bring it up. Jordan Goldwire may see some time. He'll bring it up. You know, maybe Alex O'Connell brings it up at times. We'll, we'll see other people then RJ bring the ball up. But in, in meaningful stretches, Kay likes to break things down in four-minute segments. So you have some of these meaningful segments where he's going to put the ball in RJ's hands and say, okay, go get us some shots and go get us some points, whether it's you or you find somebody else. And he's going to start by getting his own shot, which is what he typically does. That draws the defense in, and then he's going to be able to kick out to other guys. So I think we'll see that in general. I, I don't know that this team is going to suffer in terms of efficiency because Zion is still going to be Zion, Trey or not. He's still going to be Zion Williamson. So that's not going to change. RJ is still going to be RJ, Trey or not. That's not going to change. And Cam is, is hopefully the new Cam. So that at least that will be better than what we've seen in terms of the efficiency of this offense. I, so I, I, don't, I don't know where we suffer. We, maybe we suffer in turnovers. 
Syracuse is not a a, a huge team that a team that causes a lot of turnovers. Duke had what I think it was eleven turnovers last night against them. So, it, but that's against the zone. The zone's not designed to create turnovers. So I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. Like I'm saying, I'm not sure. It will have to see against UVA is going to be a really good test. A team that creates creates a lot of issues and turnovers with the way they play that pack line. So it'll, I will be interested to see how the offense does against them. But it really the, the it really goes back for me. It really goes back to that defense. What can we do? What can we do on defense? What who is going to be that guy disrupting? And it's it, it's it's it, this is a hard game. UVA is a hard game to go right into after this to decide that. So I think we're going to need a couple weeks to figure it out. But I don't, I don't know, man. We'll we'll see how it goes. I think I think this team can pull it off. Like you said, Kay is this is where he's is where he makes his money, man. I mean, you, you think back at some some major injuries that have happened to some Duke teams. Uh, Kyrie, uh, Boozer going down, Brand going down, Hurley going down, and his teams have always responded. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we've actually seen uh, in little bits and pieces throughout the season so far, each one of those four freshmen go down at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, of the four of them, I think we're in agreement here, but would you say that this is the, the one area that Duke couldn't afford to lose? Yeah, I think so. It, it, especially because we haven't been able, we haven't been without it yet. It, if we had been without him and we had seen some solid success, maybe like, you know, maybe he's in foul trouble in a game or something that not necessarily an injury, but just stretches where he's not on the floor in key moments, then I'd be a little more, you know, a little more comfortable in saying, okay, well we can figure some things out. And I still think we can figure some things out, but it's going to be difficult. It's so it's, it's, he is, he is absolutely the, the one that we couldn't, we couldn't be without because we've never done it other than Canada. We haven't done that other than Canada, so yeah, I don't know, man. It's it. This is where K makes his money, so we'll, it's... yeah. This is this this is where he's a genius. He brought up a couple mm-hmm. of the times in the past where uh, he's had to, to kind of retool, and I, I did see a couple of comparisons to that 2011 season when Kyrie went down. I think that personally, I think that's a, a trash comparison. Um, it, well, it's apples, yeah, it's, it's apples and oranges. It you know. There are two completely different players and serving two completely different roles. Absolutely, uh, there are separate teams. And and so, then also to to try to create the notion that that team wasn't successful just because they didn't win a national title is bogus because that team was number one in the nation twelve out of twenty weeks. So it, it's bogus to no, try no to, to Smith, try to create no something. The, yeah, no one Smith was the ACC Player of the Year. He was an All American. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know. And, and quite there. frankly, Except if Kyrie didn't come back, great. many people still feel that we would have won that title. Like, can't titles aren't the only thing that justifies success. It's that's just not how it works, especially in a one and done format. So, yeah, yeah, and man, that that to me is one of the most millennial arguments. Where <laughs> oh, if you don't if you don't win the title, you suck. Right. Well, I mean, there's three hundred something teams. Sixty eight of them made the damn tournament. Right. And you're you're one roll away from losing, right? Uh, so anything can happen. Something like this could happen. You know, somebody could go down in the start of the first half, and you can lose a game against a team you would probably beat nine out of ten times. Yeah. So you know that team did win the ACC tournament. You know that mm-hmm. team did have uh, you know Kyrie coming back, and and before we try to go down that rabbit hole, I still would have brought him back. I still would have. You can't 
second guess. I mean, look, he's the the number one player in the country before he mm-hmm. goes and gets No, you're, you're not wrong. I, I bring him back all the time, but I don't want to focus on that. Like yeah, yeah. Season argument. Uh, but, you know, is there a year that you could potentially compare? Because I know everybody wants a comparison. Uh, is there a year? To me, it almost feels a little bit more similar to when uh, UNC in 2012 lost Kendall Marshall. Because he kind of played that facilitator yeah. role then. Right, it's not a bad... You know, it seems a little bit more similar to that, actually. Right. I, I, I don't, I don't want to compare anything we ever do to UNC. So I'll, fair. Yeah, I, fair. I'll say that that's not a bad, not a bad comparison. But I, I I'd put it clo- more closely to to losing Hurley in '92 when Grant yeah. Hill. You alluded to it when Grant Hill had to take over a point when when he went down with the the broken foot because that's number one. That's an injury where you're not supposed to come back at all. And the the timetable kind of matches up a little bit. Like a few people have compared '01, which is not a bad comparison at all. The only difference with that is, number one, Boozer, if anybody could be replaced on that team, it was Boozer because of the way that team played. And on top of that, it happened so late in the season. The the effect was kind of the same where you're like, holy crap, our season is toast because it was so late. It was so late in the season and you lose somebody like Boozer that late in the year. You're like, oh, man, what are we going to do? But then you have a Shane Battier on your squad. So we don't have a Battier. So not, not many people ever have a Battier. So it's that was that was something that could there was some duplication that could happen there a little bit in terms of how the team normally plays this team is going to have to play a lot different in terms of the defensive side of the floor maybe not go zone or anything like that but they're just going to have to find a way and and find somebody to to mimic a little bit what he does so i think the hurley thing i think hurley was that's that's my comparison for this situation is he he goes out you don't know for how long he's going to go out with that broken foot and how it's going to affect him in the long run. And, and Grant Hill has a rough game off the bat against uh, LSU, I believe, right? That was the first game right after that he goes down. But then he kind of picked it up after that for the next few games when Hurley was out. And then, you know, Hurley makes the miraculous comeback, comes back just fine. And, and, you know, the, the rest is history, but that would be my comparison for this one for now is, is Hurley. You lose your point guard, you lose your floor general. He does, he does it for your team on both ends of the floor. Hurley did it for the team on both ends of the floor. It's that's I think that's the closest comparison I would I would make to this situation. Yeah, no, I think that's better than the 2001. I don't see Casey Sanders walking through that door anytime soon. <laughs> and definitely uh, not to play point guard. Dear God. <laughs> um, I just want to give a, ma- uh, a shout out to my main man Casey. Uh, but <laughs> kind of switching off uh, of that again. Hope that Trey gets better. We yep. we certainly we certainly need him this year. There's no sugarcoating that. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I think that uh, you know directly after the game, you're going to have you know the high emotional reactions and and everything's doomed. But we do have a, a master uh, psychologist on our sideline, and he's he's done this before. This isn't his first rodeo. So yep. I, I I have a lot of faith in, in Kay to be able to 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 get this thing straightened out for however long Trey is or isn't going to be out. Um, to f- finish this thing off. Play. We do have that tough game on Saturday, 6 p.m. against UVA. Mm-hmm. With everything we know now, uh, have your feelings changed on, you know, who takes this game? <sighs> I don't know that my feelings have changed because I felt from the beginning of the season that UVA times two, that was there was a high possibility of two losses for this Duke squad, depending on what we do. The one thing that we had that we were able to do against UVA with that the the Tyus team 
and I only make that comparison just because his brother's on the team now, but that was a that was a big game in a big spot against a team that was pretty pretty closely resembled this current UVA team in terms of how dominant they had been. The one thing that team was able to do, it was Justice. Justice went on just a couple of streaks throughout that game of just taking the ball himself out of bounds or off of rebounds and just gunning down floor and and getting back in transition. And this team plays well in transition. So I, I wouldn't, before the season, I didn't want to, and even during the season, I didn't want to go as far as to say, we can't beat UVA because we're not going to be a great shooting team because you need to be able to shoot the three ball to beat UVA. You don't need to be able to shoot the three ball all the time to beat UVA. That's exactly what they want you to do. It's almost like a zone. You just need to be able to hit it and, and key opportunities when you're given that opportunity to get an open shot. You still need to be able to get the ball inside, and the best way to do it against this squad is to attack the basket. You can't play slow against them, and, and Justice proved that, and, and that was a big win for Duke. This team, can they can make those same types of plays because we have three guys in Zion, Cam, and RJ who can get out in transition like that. So I I, I don't want to say that Trey being out totally changes my opinion. I, I think it's going to be tough. To, it was going to be tough to beat UVA regardless. Maybe we stole one at home. You know, maybe we go one for one with them. Or if we went over two, it's, you know, we went over two for them. But just the first game after, ah, man, I don't know. The first game after something like this is, it's tough. And these kids are resilient. But you know what? You know what? Forget it. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going Duke over you and UVA this coming weekend. I'm doing it. I just talked myself into it. I'm doing it. You, you just heard me talk myself into talk. Yeah. I am talking myself into Duke beating UVA this weekend. I, it's happening. It is happening. I, I don't care. And my, I'm just, I'm rallying up, man. I'm fired up. I, I don't want this to, lo- to end our season. We're better than that ending our season. This, we're, we're beating UVA this weekend. Forget it. 78, 78 to 76. We're beating them on a last second shot. I don't care. Uh, yeah, Jesus, man. I mean, you might have just talked me into it, too. I, you know, uh, you know, driving up here last night, uh, you know, it's 3.30 in the morning, and, and I just kept thinking to myself, you know, this is what Kane's made for. And mm-hmm. while everybody else is down in the dumps, I bet you he's going in there giving the most inspirational speech to his guys. You know, these guys are all down. They're hurting for, for, for Trey, and they want to see him you know, get back, but they want to also win it for him. And mm-hmm. I'm sure the K is drawing up something, you know, masterful for for this game. You know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be tough. Uh, hopefully, Cam plays. He should be fine. Uh, you know, there's no way in the world that Jack can continue missing every single three he takes. Right. But defensively, we're gonna have to lock down on 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 Guy. He's mm-hmm. had a great year. He's shooting the goal once out. Right. Uh, you know, he's coming off screens and, and he's got unlimited range. So we're going to really have to key on to him. Don't let him get going in, the, in this gym. So, you know, let's, you know, really work hard on, on the defensive end. And that's, you know, probably the, the area we're going to miss Trey the most. Yep. But, you know, I, I can't do it to my listeners. I can't do it. Uh, you just talked me into it. I believe right. in our approach and our program. Uh, so give me 74 to 69. Let's to, go. Yeah, and then uh, on Tuesday night, on Tuesday night, hopefully we're we're back on on our high horse uh, up in Pittsburgh, going against uh, our our former boy uh, Jeff Cable, who actually had just had a had a huge win uh, the other yeah. night against Florida State, right? So, um, you know, he's 
he's had a star. He's, you know, of course going to be, you know, mentioned uh, at the top of the league for, you know, potential coach of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, coming, picking up a program that is just in dire straits uh, and having to, uh, to, to rise from the ashes there. Yeah. I got to go either way, uh, trade playing, no trade playing. Um, I think Duke's still going to be uh, the superior talent here. Give me Duke 88 to 80. Okay. Yeah, no, that one, that one's going to be a tough one as well, especially, you know, like you said, win and lose coming off UVA. It's still going to be tough. Pittsburgh has shown shown a lot of fight, and I, I think their 0-18 season last year might have been more of an indictment on Kevin Stallings than the talent that that team actually has because they've they've proven this season even they added a couple nice freshmen but they've proven this season that they're pretty actually pretty good they're not they're not d2 basketball players they're actually pretty good basketball players so it's not going to be easy then uh, once again it's it's duke in your hometown and you're you're going to be up for it they just saw what happened to florida state when when they came so i I do think i think you're right though i think duke's going to win it i I think it's going to be one of those ones where you might see Pitt jump out early in the first half we're we're already going to be saying, oh God, here we go without Trey. We're terrible, and then we'll make the comeback and we'll be fine. I think Duke will win by ten points. I think you're right there, right there, right on it. So I'll say maybe a little less scoring than what we had before. So I'm going to say probably eighty to seventy. All right, fair enough. Uh, we were both uh, pretty right on in our scores last week for uh, for Florida State. Uh, granted, you picked the wrong team to win, but you <laughs> and, and with your team for Cam. Uh, but we were both dead ass wrong uh, against the Syracuse um, team that uh, was the lowest scoring team in the ACC coming in, mm-hmm. and they dropped 95, 95 on us. All right, well, hey, this is it for for you know this is a, a key moment in our season. How do we learn? Uh, how do we deal with the adversities that is being handed to us? Absolutely. So, hopefully, Trey gets better. Uh, let's, let's win one for, for the Gipper We are going and, uh, to beat UVA. We have to beat UVA. We are going to beat them. We got them. Uh, let's go. Don't use, don't use, don't use all your predictions at this early in the season, though. <laughs> let's, right. let, hey, let's, let's get it done. Go Duke. Go Duke. Thank you.